Charlie Watts, often cut a somewhat enigmatic figure behind the Rolling Stones drum kit. He said very little and preferred to go his own way. But today's announcement of his death at the age of 80 robs the Rolling Stones of one of its founder members and rock of one of its legendary musicians. Sangeeta Lau reports. He was part of one of the biggest bands in the 60s. I That went on to be one of the biggest bands in the world. Charlie Watts has been there since the very beginning, the only band member along with Mick Jagger to feature on all studio albums, often staying out of the spotlight, but always there to perform some of the most iconic songs in rock and roll. Born in London in 1941, Charlie came from a working-class background. As a teenager, though, his family brought him his first drum kit. His skills quickly shone through, and he became one of the greatest drummers of his generation. In 2004, he was diagnosed with throat cancer. After four months, though, Charlie announced he was cancer-free, but that he was taking a break from performing. Almost 50 years since their first hits, though, the Rolling Stones showed no signs of stopping, headlining Glastonbury for their first performance there in 2013. And this year, they continued touring. But earlier this month, Charlie had to pull out following a procedure, saying he needed time to rest before returning to the stage. But earlier today, at 80 years old, Charlie passed away in hospital. Surrounded by his family, his publicist says, and ever since many from the music industry have been paying tribute. Sir Elton John said, it's a very sad day. Charlie Watts was the ultimate drummer. He'd been performing for almost 60 years, bringing beats from the back of the stage to millions of fans and will be missed across the world. Remembering Charlie Watts, who's died at the age of 80. The Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts has died at the age of 80. The musician had been a member of the Rolling Stones since 1963. Earlier this month, he pulled out of the forthcoming tour of the US. David Silito looks back at his life. I play the drums for Keith and Mick. I don't play for me. Charlie Watts, cool, calm and distinctly dapper. The steady backbeats of the Rolling Stones. He was always a reluctant rock star, but he loved the drums. I can't play the drums at home, so I walk about with my hand. And to play the drums, I have to go on the road. And to go on the road, I have to leave home. It's like a, a terribly vicious circle that's always been my life. A graphic designer by trade, he was not expecting his evening sideline with a little blues band called the Rolling Stones to make him famous. We'd like to play a bodily number. I'm all right. Rather than drugs and groupies, he liked antique silver and classic cars, even though he didn't drive. But his real passion was jazz. In between touring with Mick and Keith, he could afford to set up his own big band. But even the sensible Stone had his moments. He knew he had a drug problem when the high priest of debauchery Keith Richards took him aside one day and gave him a talking to. Married for more than 50 years, he was always happiest at home with his dogs and horses. But his place in music history is on stage, keeping it together with the world's greatest rock and roll band.
plans really are chemistries. You know, it's, it's like a chemistry game. I just like to be in there, right in the front and very loud. Looking at the life I've led, very nice and very privileged. I enjoy being with the Rolling Stones. The problem with the Rolling Stones is that they became so popular that you kind of saw them in the newspaper as opposed to how I knew them, you know. When I was 16, I used to go and stare at these people like Phil Seaman play. But that to me was a height being in this smoky dive and you'd see Georgie Fame come on. But I wanted to be that, them. I thought that was the most glamorous life you could lead. <laughs> that was between engagements. I, I'd moved uh, from one job and I was waiting to get another one. And in fact, when I joined the Rolling Stones, I used to live with my parents at weekends and stay with them in the week. And uh, I'd have the um, advertisers weekly and go through it, looking for jobs while listening to the great Jimmy Reed. I can see this huge radiogram, they're called, that Brian put it on the 45s. And Mick would be at college and I'd be, as I say, looking for jobs. And the longer it went on, I had more work going with the Stones than whatever. I live in TCM world, you know, Turner Classic Movies. We make records in a really old-fashioned way. You know, we go in, um, that's how we make it. We sit and Keith will play this song over and over again and we play to it and it'll either work or it won't, you know. And that's how Keith works because sometimes you do a one take and they're good. I hate leaving home, but as my wife says, it's time you went to work. Because I, I, I don't actually do anything other than play the drums. It's the same worry, you know. It's first five shows <gasps> is it going to be alright I get like that every night I go on yeah I think you have to otherwise it'll be terrible I, mean. I never sit down and just play I always sit down and think about it then play but I've never liked that sort of showman drumming to me I've always liked, preferred band drummers you know I much prefer Shadow Wilson and uh, Kenny Clark type of drumming I mean my favourite drummers are not great showman or great soloist. I heard Chico Hamilton. I heard him play on a record called Walking Shoes. And I had a banjo, took the neck off it and started playing on the Sunday Times with a pair of brushes and then on this banjo skin because it was vellum. Then my dad bought me a set of drums. I was brought up um, at a time where the, the jobs were the same, you know, there was no difference to playing with I don't know, a, a, an R&B band, as they call it, or to a jazz group, you know. There are subtleties and nuances that are there, but most of it, I mean, it's basically physically the same. It's time. You have to keep time, and you have to keep uh, certain things together, hopefully. It's all the same, you know. I mean, one is just a, a one noise. I mean, there's nothing more thrilling than going on a stage with all that chaos going on. There isn't. It's, it's incredible to have lived through it. I learned to listen to the blues more when I was staying with Keith and Brian because that's all we used to do all day was listen to Jimmy Reed and Chuck Berry all day long and then go out and play it in the evening and I learned how good Earl Phillips, who was the drummer with uh, Jimmy Reed, was there. He's a very, very subtle drummer actually, although it sounds like 
thrashing and banging. I mean, it's a life that I've always, um, in a Hollywood kind of way, loved, you know? The smoky nightclubs, four o'clock in the morning, 52nd Street, Parker playing. When I first went to New York with the Stones, the first thing I did was to go to Birdland, and that was it. I mean, I'd seen America. I mean, I didn't want to see anywhere else, that was it. I got to Birdland and uh, the rest of it was just uh, waiting to go home.
so sad to hear about Charlie Watts, the Stones drummer, dying. Um, he was a lovely guy, and um, I, I knew he was ill, but I didn't know uh, it was this ill. So, uh, lots of love to his family, um, his wife and kids, and his extended family, and uh, condolences to the Stones. This would be a huge blow to them because Charlie was a rock um, and a fantastic drummer, steady as a rock. Anyway, so love, love you, Charlie. I always loved you, beautiful man, and great condolences and sympathies to his family.
Bang out.